guys, Dory Bennett, Scott Ligo, student athletes advocate, uh, here to talk a little college football. I am in a holding cell right now in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, you are not. So, yeah, I, I am. I am. As you see, in fact, I've got a weird, like I've got a nail, some other stuff. I, I, I had a light fixture falling, broken down. I got kicked out of uh, the, the spot that I normally do the show. Uh, but if anybody's looking for me, okay, uh, just follow the set of trees and listen to the tracks. And if there's a, you know, if there's a water tower on your right, you know, I'm somewhere in that vicinity. So please come looking for me because I beat hell captive. Dory, how are you, Scott? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're, we're all over the place, right? Dory's in Arizona. Yes. Um, Scott, Scott looks like he's on I-5 somewhere, pulled over. I'm waiting for the, for the cop to come in and knock on the window and Scott say, no, hold on a second. I'm talking college football. So you're going to have to wait. <laughs> Make sure you have your seatbelt on just in case they come up and say, hey, what are you doing? Hey, Paisan, what you doing in there, buddy? Well, it, so is it, is, it is 2020, so it's apropos to be literally stuck on a street in Seattle, you know, get pulled over by the police. It'll probably be perfect. So, yes. But there's no, I mean, right? There's hardly anybody out walking around out there. I've seen uh, a, lot of, a lot of Amazon trucks. Let's just leave it at that. I've seen a lot of yeah. Amazon trucks. I've, well, seen, I've seen Amazon cars, taxis. I've had people pull up to my house that I'm about to say, okay, what is going on here? And they're walking out with a package. And I'm just, so everybody and anybody that's walking around, they might hand you a package, Scott, throw it in your back seat and ask you to drop it off somewhere. So don't be surprised. There you go. <laughs> that is for sure. That is for sure. Well, I, I appreciate you guys accommodating the, the, the time that uh to, to meet up and understanding that we are yeah we're do, doing this on a monday versus sunday was super uh accommodating so thank you now this works out well for everyone it, it, it's great and um you know it maybe it's better that you're not here because I, I could hear dory screaming from arizona without even being on the phone about the about the way the cardinals of stanford whoop the huskies up and down the field uh, Dory, uh, were you just shocked by, by what happened? Yes. Shock. And, and really, I, I sent a text to a girlfriend. I said, this is not my team. Like, what happened to my team from last Saturday to this Saturday? And you can't keep giving an opponent 21 points. And let's not get it twisted. Love was the running back that ran all over us last year. You're going to tell me you don't know how to stop this guy yet? But they just lined it up and, and bulldozed it right down the field, 21 points, and all of a sudden uh, we go into halftime, really down three scores. And, and you just cannot compete at the D1 level at a, pack, at a Power 5 conference, giving your opponent 21 points every, every week and think that you can come back. And they tried. They almost did. We almost came back. Um, anyway, that, that's just the – that's just the tip of the iceberg for sure. <laughs> Ooh, we glad Coach Lakes has you down in Arizona right now. Yeah, it was um, – I agree with you, Dory, 100%. It, I mean, two weeks in a row when you start up down 21 points, it's – I mean, we, we will know that there's a formula to winning a game. And giving up 21 points at the start of the game is not in the formula. Last no. time I checked. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Coach Lake's comments after the game were pretty, pretty strong. 
you know, just said, that's not Husky defense. I want to get that fixed. So um, I'm sure that it's probably been a festive uh, coaches meeting and I'm sure it's been a very uh, festive uh, practice already this week. And, you know, and then he was really upset about the special teams and we all know my kinship to that. And, uh, you know, he was really frustrated with the kickoff team because he said they've been working on it and they still didn't get it done. And, you know, so that's just, you know, um, a kind of a frustration. You saw the first couple of weeks and you thought, okay, this could get better. You know, for week one, we understood it was the beginning of the year, weird year two, week two, they played such a good game. And then three, you know, so you thought, wow, great comeback. And then just down the leg on this one, it was not good. And it, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a new staff. It's all those things. It's 2020. Uh, but boy, I'll tell you one thing I, I will have to say, I, I've been watching Stanford for about three years and they haven't looked right. And boy, and fortunately, they looked right on Saturday. I mean, they were that was that was the stand I know. A lot of tight ends, a lot of power formations, and just yep. running down the throat. And man, they just I mean, I and the crazy part was, I don't know, I'm sure you guys all saw it on social media. They showed a picture of Stanford literally practicing in the Bellevue Park on Friday night, you know. So if they can do it in 2020, practicing without pads in a park in Bellevue, getting it done on Saturday. There's, you know, you got to give them even more credit for what they've done and, you know, to be nomads and literally spend this next week in Oregon to play yeah. their game against the state. It's, 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 it's a hats off to them. So kudos to them. Hope Washington can get this thing figured out. It's not probably a fun week to be trying to figure it out uh, going into Oregon week, but uh, they got a lot riding on the line. So, yeah. uh, you know, something to still play for, that's for sure. The Pac-12 North to still play for and – and on top of that, man, you better write this shit before before this season's over, so that you know what you need to do in the off season for sure. Um, the I think that I couldn't figure out what was happening on offense, and maybe it's just because we weren't on the field very long. But offensively, just fluttered, and it was ineffective, and it just really. It, it concerns me that we're coming out, we're playing again. We're not ready. Two weeks in a row, you're not ready at kickoff. So what are we doing to get ready? What's, what, what do we need? We need to change something to be ready. Because yeah. just, not, just not ready. And I'm just shocked that, that Washington defense, the coaches, the st- didn't expect Stanford to come in here and do exactly what they did last year. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's some questions, too, of what happened with the wide receiver situation. Nakua, we – I mean, Bynum, you knew, was going to probably be out. He had had a – you know, literally limped off the field the week before, and they really didn't put out an injury report on him, so he really didn't know if he was or wasn't going to play. But Nakua was sounds like it was an administrative situation and decision. So then you think, you know, Jones is still good and stuff like that, but really the crazy part was the stat that they put in, I think, the second quarter that had not even had a target to to him. So, I mean, you got an All-American tight end, and at that point, you might as well – you better game plan that you put Jones and and Otten on the same side of the field and just run two-man games or do do something. But, uh, you know, obviously they've got some issues, you know, with Nakua. Um, Again, they didn't release anything. They didn't say anything. But it was definitely a game game day decision that he wasn't going to place. Administratively, they did something there. So – yeah, it was very interesting. The, the running back situation has been not consistent. Uh, you know, they play one guy for a little bit and one other guy, and they have good running backs. And, but, you know, and what's that, his name? You know, Newton didn't play the week before, so we're 
you're kind of up in there throwing your hands and going, so what are we? To me, that makes it really, really confusing for everybody. Find something and stick to it. And the indecision by the offensive coordinator continues to show up and have a negative impact on the field. That's what I think. And I'm, I'm not sold on this dude yet. He's so far not proven, not, not proving me wrong that it wasn't the best hire. So yeah. they'll prove me wrong, dude. It's not happening. Second <laughs> half, out, offensive adjustments, um, started, started getting the ball downfield more, 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 more targets to Otten, and really moving it. And the one thing that I have noticed is that Dylan Morris does not get flustered out there. He, he really doesn't. But you have to give him a game plan that's successful, coach, and it's not happening. It, 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 it's just not. It took them almost half into the third quarter to make any defensive adjustments. And even those adjustments didn't really work in the end. But, you know, to go out and put 26 points on a team in the second half, great. But, but we shouldn't be having to do that every game yeah. in order to. Well, then really the frustrating part, to be, to be honest, is they, they scored the touchdown to put them ahead, and they had a right. call back. And then they went from being in field goal position to maybe, you know, kind of making it a little tighter, and they went completely backwards and almost ended up on the other side back to the 50 and, right. you know, and having to punt. I mean, it was just right. it was a head-scratcher to the whole situation. You're just like, yeah. guys, you cannot you – just. I mean, you, you've already, you know, given them 21 points. You can't handicap yourself anymore. So – very frustrating, but again, yep. you know they're still on on a Monday afternoon at four thirty. You know they're they're I mean three or four o'clock. They're they're still in third third and one. They're in three and one, and on top yep. of the thing, have control yep. their own destiny. So you just got to get things you know situated really quickly. But I agree with you. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, we maybe have three games left, but maybe probably two. I mean, depending on the bowl situation, it seems to be right. going. By the hour, it seems to be going away. So, I mean, yeah, they, they really just have really this opportunity. And, and then they're in an exchange game, and then we'll figure out what they are, really. Good. Yep. Okay. Is this all surprising that to take advantage of this year, and, and you know, we, we've had this conversation in other areas with the NCAA as a whole, but let's just kind of keep it just to the University of Washington. Why wouldn't you – maybe try to do some things that you normally wouldn't do in a regular season. You know, you know what the season is, you know, it's kind of falling apart. Um, it, it seems like going back to Morris, they, there's very little play, uh, play calling as far as going down the field, pushing the ball down the field. Um, you're seeing the throws that it's kind of designed for this offense, but you're not really given the chance to kind of play. So I don't know if it's something that the coaches are saying, well, let's kind of hold them back a little bit because we don't want to expose them to the whole playbook, or it's just the fact that uh, you just don't have it dialed up. And we kind of go back to what Dory was saying as far as the play calling. But I would think that this is a season to really kind of take some chances, you know, to really explore certain things, you know, and whatever's going on with Newton, right? So now it's two weeks in a row he hasn't played. At least he was suited up this past weekend, did not get a touch, didn't hit the field. So there, obviously there's something going on there, but why wouldn't you just take some more opportunities to do some other things to say, hey, even if we don't win, we're getting some, we're getting some things under Morris's belt. 
for him to learn yeah. and build upon next year and say, so at the end of the season, right? So here we go. This goes back to the coaching now. You know, you're the coach at the end of the season and say, hey, Dylan, we asked you to do X, Y, and Z. We wanted you to throw the post or the go route, things like that. You were short on that. We want you to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. We want to work on your timing, the footwork. Some of the things that we did during the season, we know that you're there, but there's some things that you can work on so you can have a more successful sophomore year. And we're just not seeing that creativity and really kind of opening up the game plan for this kid. Well, I, I would agree with you on all those pieces, but I, I think I go back to the coach not being confident in himself in order to put players where they need to be. I don't think he's, I don't think he was ready for the, for the job, but when you were saying, well, why don't you just kind of keep experimenting with these things? Because the one thing they don't want this to be is a throwaway season, even though, even though it's 2020, there's not going to be all the bowl game opportunities. They, it's such a short season that you need to take advantage of it. So take advantage of it by making sure that, I mean, they, how much time? It, it should be a season of growth, though, because this team was never going to qualify for, you know, the, the, one of the top four spots, right? Most likely, right? But they have a Pac-12 stuff happening. Will six? Most likely, not going to qualify for that. So this, and if you're going, and and it's different if you're telling me that you have a senior quarterback and you're playing the way you're playing, but you're playing a freshman quarterback. So you can't say, well, we don't want to throw it away, but you put in a kid that you're saying just by putting them in, saying, well, this is a time for him to grow. So this is the mixed messages that you're getting. This is not a senior quarterback. This is not Jake. You know, one of the, you know, eight Jakes that they've had the last 10 years is, is not one of the Jakes, you know. So this, this is my point. This is why it's confusing as a fan to, to then say, well, we didn't want to throw away. Well, then you had other options to put in than to put in a freshman quarterback. And if that's I the case, then why didn't someone experienced like Newton playing and some of the other things going on? So that's why it's confusing because you're doing one thing and then you're not doing that. And they, they don't complement one another with the two with the, with the two you know thought process I, well i i still think it's an it's it it stems from it stems from the coaching and it trickles on down and it it might be that the coaches aren't prepared to use the players in the way they need to be used or put the game plan together for the for the way it fits best for the players there is that thought as well. So I, I, I say you got to start at the top with this. You've got to start at the top is that there was a big, there was a huge learning curve between first game to second game and the improvement of Dylan, of Dylan Morris, right? But that amount of improvement isn't going to happen every single week. It's not going to be a constant rate of change or constant rate of improvement every single week. So maybe what we're seeing is the kind of offense they want to run. But if you can't decide on which running back is best, right, and put him in there and create that consistency, that continuity, and I think we're weak at wide receiver even when we did have the ones in there. And now we have two out. So I, I just – they're not ready for prime time play, right? But I'm not sure that that, that there's a – game plan and who we are they don't know their identity yet it hasn't been established and they're still trying to figure it out and there's one game left and then 
there's two games left. Two. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I, I think there's another. I mean, I you know, without getting too conspiracy theory here, you know, there's not something for everybody to think about is, you know, the future is that Sam Heward's going to be here next year. And, and I'm not saying, again, that they're playing for Sam or they're trying to figure it out, but really, you know, Will is, is, is you know, Dylan going to be the guy next year? If he is, well, then it kind of gets interesting in the quarterback room. And I think that we would have both, all three of us would agree, if you want to be good in college football right now, the dynamic, the quarterback has to be dynamic, has to be really, really good. Yeah. And we, when I can give you a prime example, this, you know, it's the shirt I'm wearing at Penn State right now. I mean, they just don't have a dynamic quarterback. So my point is, you know, is are they playing for the future? And I, I agree, I do agree with you, Dory. That I mean, that second week, whatever that offense was, where has that offense been? I mean, the, the the things they were doing down the middle and things like that. And that's my concern is that you know, again, with the new OC is. Really, you know, I always loved what Bobby Bowden said, you know, he goes, I just love these offensive coordinators that want to throw their route. He goes, I don't want to care about what their route is. I want to know what the quarterback's best throw is. Whatever that is, find that is. And it seems to me that Dylan's not quite yet good on the long balls. He's really good at the short stuff, medium at the best, but really throwing the short dart stuff, really simple on the run move stuff. And so at this point, get him there. And if that's your guy for the future, then I think you have to build your offense around him right now. And I guess if you're saying to us in two years, you know, a year from now, you're going to go in a whole other new direction because you got a new quarterback because he's a lefty. It's a totally different. You got to flip the field. And I mean, I don't know. I, I just think it's a weird, weird situation, but I do agree that it, uh, whatever that week two offense was, I'd like to have that one come back because that was really you, they were they were they were very dynamic that day, and then right. Just and it was also up. again, it was also against an Arizona team that yes they played SC tough but they are not very good. Sumlin Shaw, not very Sumlin, good. Shaw and, and Shaw, I I, I texted, I, I texted you guys. David Shaw was putting on a coaching clinic against the Huskies yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, the Huskies go left, he was going right. I mean, yeah. up and down on offense and defense. I mean, he it looked like he was just, you know, he was playing chess and they were out there playing connect four. And, and, and that, to me, was the most, you know, the thing that stood out the most was the coaching. I was like, David Shaw is giving them a whooping. I mean, this is, this is literally a, a coaching whooping on display in front of everybody. So that's probably the biggest difference between week two and week three is the fact Our that David Shaw has no one's going to do. And maybe, yeah. listen, maybe Jimmy Lake just has to keep it simple and move this team to the Bellevue Park. And maybe that's what, that was the secret. Maybe that's what it is. So maybe we'll see Jimmy Lake move the team from Mont Lake and go up to Bellevue and with no bells and whistles and have them, have them practice out there, you know, uh, a couple blocks away and uh, – and, you know, and take it from there. So uh, maybe that's yeah. the secret. But I mean, all jokes aside, David Shaw is just, you know, we, we know how talented and why he's so high on so many different radars, whether it's on the, the college scene or even the NFL scene when it comes to coaching. David Shaw put on display on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, take notes. Here we go. Yep. 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 That's for all sure. All right. All right. Uh, listen, a, t- a tough weekend all around. You know, if if you were out here in the Pacific Northwest, you, the Hussies got their, their butts whooped. The Cougars got their butt whooped, right? You go down to Oregon, they got the Seahawks got their butt whooped. We're not even talking NFL. I mean, it was just it, it was just a tough weekend all around. Um, but listen, it comes down to next week, right? And and you know the the it fact does. that Cal beat Oregon. All right, before we get into all that, 
obviously, I, I mean, this, this sounds redundant that I'm asking the question, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, Oregon was overrated. A am, I, am I wrong on that? It was, Oregon was overrated, especially losing to the last two teams and the way they got – they really got manhandled against Oregon State. And now Cal comes in and kind of just shows, uh, shows the fact that, uh, you know, everyone kind of overrated Oregon. Yeah. Well, I think Oregon was young, right? Oregon was young. And we used to be young too, you know. That was, that was rated, a while ago. No, they were being rated <laughs> on on their reputation of last year and the reputation that they've created, right? They, they, that that's where the ratings came from. Okay. It will always be tough, but they are yeah, well, let's not let's let's not call them uh overrated yet. How about we get through Saturday and then, and maybe they're not overrated. Maybe they're just not playing consistently because they're young. However, let's get through Saturday before we slam Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The every game's every game's the one you gotta, you gotta earn it. You gotta definitely earn it. And I think, you know, maybe that was a little bit of Washington's problem even going into Saturday. Maybe they, the young kids were starting to feel good about themselves too much. And, uh, you know, just got overconfident and didn't realize really what they're about to get into with Stanford. And it was, uh, you know, one thing when you play Stanford, you better bring your hard hat. <laughs> yeah. There's there. It's, it's, that's, yeah. that's the way they play, man. They are going to be, a, it's a hard work, hard hat game and you better figure it out. But yeah. you're right, Dory, if they got a chance on Saturday and we'll see what it is. And, you know, I hope that, uh, let's the go Oregon dogs. Team, the Oregon team that played the last two weeks, I hope it shows up for a third week and then I'll be just happy as heck. And, uh, you know, let's. You know, we talked about it last week. The Pac-12 is definitely out of the playoff system, so we don't have to worry about that. We just playing for our own bragging rights out here on the West yeah. Coast. Just do that, and that's what we got to do. Okay. So what's on the let's line hope the Huskies next come weekend? Out. What's on the line next weekend? Because uh, obviously the Pac-12 North uh, title's on the line, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Washington and Oregon are playing for the Pac Pac-12 title, Pac-12 North, to go to the Pac-12 championship, if it still is happening, because with uh, with all the shutdowns, we don't even know. Let's there have been 11 bowl games canceled so far. And, Scott, how many of those games affect uh, Pac-12, uh, possibly Pac-12 teams? Well, I got it down to three three bowl games left because the, the, the L.A. Bowl canceled today. Um, so they're out. Um, and I, so I believe in – so it's down to the Alamo. Sun Bowl, and then the um, Independence Bowl. But, that, I mean, that can go by the wayside in a minute, too. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think they I should play the New Year's, New Year's Day 6, the, the, the playoff system, and just call it a year. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the finish line. Get that done. Let's be perfectly honest. Play the New Year's Day 6 because all the leagues want to get their pay, get their yep. money, get them out of the deal. And what a what a poor experience for a kid to get you know be rewarded to go on a bowl game and can't do anything can't go anywhere yeah can't enjoy anything doesn't get to have the fun dinners you're just going to go to practice and back practice and back and so I I just say call it a year and, and and it is what it is you know and it's not worth it and you know to drag these kids across country I don't know if you guys saw today but on football scoop Brock Mendehall he declined a game after the season to play another cross game and he just said we're done. Are more mentally and physically, and we're just done. We can't yeah, do this. And it's not right for the kids. It's just not right well, for the kids. And, and, and let's just be really clear that, that um, the Rose Bowl is not a part of the Pac-12 
Like the Pac-12 doesn't get to go to the Rose Bowl because the Rose Bowl is in the um, the playoff rotation this year. So that's why yep. there are only the three we're talking about doesn't include the Rose Bowl. Just so everyone's clear out there, it's because it's in the playoff and it's part of the um, yeah the bowl system this year. Yeah, and one of the old reasons you used to go to the bowl game besides the extra 15 practice and all that kind of stuff, you get to go to Rose Bowl, you're down in California, you get to recruit California while you're down there. Well, you don't get that advantage. So there's really no reason to go play these games other yeah. than to drag these kids across the country. And most of these kids want to get home, man. They just want to be and back to their families and do their thing and, and, be, and call it a year. Well, there's still the money piece. And, and, and I know that but there's still the money part where the money that these teams get by going to bowl games um, and the more that are canceled, then that means not only the teams playing don't get the money, but neither does the conference because they, then they divvy up evenly among the conference team among the teams in the conference when they go to these bowl games. That's why those alliances are so strong and you want them strong. So the that's key, the other part on, no, on financial. You're side. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But these ADs and we're not going to want to go to these bowl games anyways, because they, they, by by contract, have to buy twenty five thousand tickets. Mm-hmm. The, 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 and but there are no fans in the. But that's but there are fans in the stands. I, I hear you, but that's which, okay. that's just kind of contractual deal with the with the bowl games, and it's dumb. And I'm not saying it's not. I, I'm with you, Dory. I don't understand why yeah. you're buying something you can't sell. But that's just the way the contract works. So you got to put this outlay out, and then you're not going to get anything back. And so, I I just yeah. I. I it working financially for any I don't see any AD I, I mean we're, just use Washington State already 100 million in the hole and you're going to be another 13 million in the hole just to go do a bowl game for I mean for whatever reason and you can go yeah, well they I, don't I, I, I won't but I mean yeah. the rest of the country you can go to a bowl game if you want but I, I I just don't see it happening I think that you just call it like I said get to the finish line at this point and just call it forward yeah well once again though the more the more uh, exposure you get out there, especially with players not being able to come in rec- and the recruiting to go on, right? So then those schools that do get the go to bowl games and are getting that kind of additional exposure, you're right. You're not going into a kid's living room, a family, a home to visit a, a kid, but you are on TV and you are getting that kind of exposure to make sure that, hey, we're still here. We're still here. We're still playing please come, right? Come to Washington. So that's just all those facets pay, play into it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a quick yeah. question here. Um, do, you, do you see any way that uh, the divisions in the Pac-12 eventually go away, you know, next year or, or somewhere in the future, whether we're talking about the divisions of the North and the South, um, you know, just to avoid possible scenarios like what's going to happen uh, with Colorado. Colorado being 4-0, uh, USC beating uh, Washington State, they're 3-1, but because they didn't lose a conference game, they're going to have the advantage over Colorado, so they'll represent the South and whatever else, yada, yada, yada. Um, is it, first off, what are your thoughts on that, and can you envision something along the lines where we kind of lose that and you just start grabbing the top teams? Well, I, I, I would say that, you know, I think a lot of the football, you know, hard, hardcore football people would love to see kind of what's happened this year in the SEC where we just don't play non-conference game. We just go play 
everybody from your league. So if that's the model that the future goes down the road, i.e. the Power 5 just goes off and does their own thing, that's exactly what they'll have to do because you just don't get – you have to play 10, 13, 12 games and you just – or 11 games and you're going to have to play – 10 teams out of your out of your out of your schedule so i think that's the only way they ever gets there unfortunately it's it's the model that they've devised they need those teams to go play those games because those lower schools i mean they, they need those 1.5 million dollar checks to go play those lower deals but until they go to that scenario uh, i just don't see it but again you know um th- this may have exposed that the, the opportunity to do it and maybe everybody says, let's, let's make that happen and just make it a conference league, you know, schedule. But until then, I mean, I mean, how, how do you go back, you know, 10 years and say you're going to not play the 20, 30 home and away games that you've already, you know, set up. So until we go to that whole, you only play in your league, you play all your league games, we're going to continue to do what we've been doing in the past, at least in my opinion. Yuri? Well, I, so run this by me one more time, only because I, I've heard you say it twice, and then I'm not sure I'm clear. And that is, Colorado is undefeated, yes or no? Yes. 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 Right? SC is three and one? Yes. Okay. Who did SC lose to? Uh, who did they lose to? You guys, they're not three and one. They had a they couldn't play a game because of COVID. Oh, they're three and they're three and zero oh then, right? They're three and zero. Oh, they're three and zero. Oh. Yeah. That, that, that's why I got confused. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're three and zero, oh, and Colorado's three and zero. Oh, but Colorado, no, four and oh. But Colorado played a non-conference game. Yes. Then take that out of the equation. Both of them are three and zero. Oh. Tell me why. T- t- tell me now why there's an issue in the Pac-12 South. Um, I, I believe one of the Colorado games is a non-conference game. Is that correct? It is. So take that out of the equation. And then, then you have three and O teams in the Pac-12 South. If I'm not, if I'm doing my math right. Yeah, I forget how it was worked. They they were mentioning it last night uh, with the Washington. SC State. didn't play a game because of COVID, and Colorado didn't play a game because of COVID. So that matches. Now what? Yeah, yeah. USC didn't play Colorado. In fact, yeah, right. They were supposed to, but there was COVID involved. Yeah, but because I believe because Colorado didn't play, they had canceled. So that goes under the cancellation for Colorado, not USC. Yeah, that was that was the the deciding factor. It's Colorado. Okay, so then, so then if your team is, if if your team does have COVID, if you're if it's because of your team that the game gets canceled, then that puts an that does put a ding on you. Yes, yes because because technically USC is four now. USC is four no even because they they well, get they the don't win get the win. They do because the cancellation was it goes on to Colorado it wasn't a post mode then Washington's record so if you look at their record USC is 4 and 0 okay then Washington's record should be what another win for Washington then because because Cal canceled because of covid so then Washington's record should be better than what it looks like yeah but they have no, the they- same record with Oregon they're going to work that all out right but when it comes down to i guess to head to head USC is going to get the advantage over Colorado. It's a yeah. it's a hot mess. It's, it's all an a issue. Mess. 
No, no, no. I know. That's, but that's why it's an issue. So it's not a win-loss. It, yeah. It's not a loss on the field piece. It is a Colorado canceled the SC game because Colorado had COVID. So then that, if, then that counts as a USC. loss for Colorado in the head-to-head. Am I yeah. clear yeah. on that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just, yeah. just wanted to – I was confused. Yeah. Okay. Now we're good. Yes. Sorry. Well, you know. Creative, creative, creative math, just sort of like the Big Ten. I mean, somehow they're going to miraculously You're make Ohio abacus. State. Abacus. L- L- they're going to make they're going to make Ohio State somehow miraculously, you know, eligible to make sure that they're in the in the party. I mean, you know, yeah, it's uh, amazing how those rules get changed when you when you got somebody at the party. So. It's uh, right. it, it's just so frustrating if you're if you're in that league. Cause I mean, boy, what's happening at Indiana? What the job that that coach is doing and stuff like that? Boy, they need to be rewarded. And well, I what hope about I, Iowa State? What about I, Iowa State? Right? Yeah. They still need to play a Big Ten championship, but or Big Twelve. Sorry, but but Iowa State is not even getting any love in the rankings. None. Absolutely yep. none. Yeah. And, and they have played hard and they have beaten teams that are very difficult to beat and have gone on the road. I mean, they're, they, they deserve, they deserve some love and they're getting none of it. So, yeah. you know, if we're looking at teams that are not recognized. I mean, Iowa state wasn't even rated above BYU who, who took it on Saturday? Play anybody? We got we got a team for you. We have hey, a team for you. Hey, listen, Mormons versus mullets. I mean that that is just great. I mean, if you get a T-shirt, the Mormons versus uh, mullets, it's almost kind of like uh, what was it? The Catholics uh, versus um, Miami Notre Dame, the convicts. Yep. Catholics versus convicts, and this was what Mormons versus mullets. The mullets. Got it. I don't have no hair, but mullets, mullets. <laughs> what would you what you guys think of it? I mean, listen, it, it, a couple of things I took away from it. One, it was a really good game, right? The the fact that it came down to, you know, a, a tackle that was reminiscent of the Rams versus Tennessee when they were about to go score and got tackled at the two yard line. You know, when BYU threw the pass and uh, gets tackled the two-yard line, that's the way the game ends. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And the fact that Coastal Carolina wasn't ranked, they were picked to be last in the Sun Belt, and the fact that they're, they're now 10-0 and and having such a great season, it is absolutely fantastic. No matter who you yeah. like or don't like, the BYU-Coastal Carolina game turned out to be by far – the best game outside of Notre Dame versus Clemson this year. It is not even close. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I thought there was a couple of things that I took away from it. Number one, I've, you know, I, we watch college game day every week, and, uh, uh, you know, it was, um, you know, I, I just think that every year when college game day gets to go to a small college or a college that doesn't get that kind of thing, I think that's really cool. It just yeah. puts the limelight on them and everything like that and everything they've done. And that story is an interesting story. The first coach was a multimillionaire America prize, I believe, America prize he owned and, you know, basically bought himself a coaching position. And this guy was an assistant underneath them. And then, um, you know, de- you know, devised a new cool offense that they're running that everybody in the country can when we start running, trust me, um, yeah. every high school coach I saw this weekend was tweeting about it. So, uh, that guy will be getting something. And then, um, 
sounds like their defensive coordinator, speaking of their defense, their defensive coordinator might become the new defensive coordinator at South Carolina, so it's going to parlay for him. So, uh, you know, uh, I just think it's great. Um, I, I mean, I, I was a little um, not surprised, but, I, I, you know, for BYU to take this game on, after they wouldn't play Washington the week before, I thought it was interesting that they were willing to go across the country. And you know, hey, uh, they uh, you know they, they 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 made the trip, but boy, that close to Carolina, what a fun game! And um, I'm not a real big, huge fan of their of their turf. I will admit at that. I mean, it I like the blue turf. At, yeah, I like the blue turf at Boise, and I oh. like the red turf Eastern. Oh. But uh, that, one's, that one's a little that one's a little rough for me. But I I tell you what, what a cool story and the and everything they do and how they do it. And uh, good for him and good for the kids. And, and, a, and, a, and a great, just fun weekend to watch that. I agree a thousand percent, Will, that uh, it was just fun to watch. Well, it was, it was, uh, I, I did watch the highlights on it only because, what was I doing on Saturday? Oh, lots of things going on on Saturday. However, the, the, what I really enjoyed was that, there's more than just one faction in the United States that, that was pleased about the outcome. More than just Coastal Carolina people, a lot of people, a lot of teams, a lot of programs. And, and part of it is, you know, they, I think that BYU, and again, just a thought, but I think that BYU had no idea how good Coastal Carolina was. <laughs> and that's why they scheduled them. They weren't going to schedule a team that had that, that was that what they thought was a strong team, right? They should have scheduled the Huskies. People, careful what you wish for. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, uh, head coach Jamie Chadwell did a great job. You know, if you're concerned about a high-flying, prolific offense, right, and I'm going to do that in quotes before Dory yells at me, if you're concerned about an offense and a kid that's being talked about for the Heisman, what do you do? You keep the ball away from them. And they ran the ball 54 times, almost 300 yards. I think it was 281, three touchdowns. I mean, 54 rushes in a game. I mean, you're just saying the ball is mine. I'm not playing. I'm not sharing it with you. I'm not going to give it back to you. I'm going to control the game. I don't, I don't have the time of possession in front of me. But if that's the way you want to do it, then I kind of go back to, as a Giants fan, I go back to the way they dealt with the Bills. They didn't want Buffalo to hold the ball and run up and down with that, you know, high-scoring high offense, and run and shoot and everything else that Jim Kelly was doing with the Bills and, and you know, Thurman Thomas and everybody on that team. So they decided just to run and control the ball and that, I thought it was just a brilliant game plan on two days' notice. Two days' notice. Yeah. And that's probably yeah. – and you tell me if I'm and wrong. If you're a coach, that's probably the easiest thing to get ready for. Hey, boys, we're just – we're going to run the ball. We, we, we all know how to run. We go left, right, up the middle. Trap, pull right. the guard, pull – like, this is what we're going to do. We don't have to put anything cute in there. We're going to keep it real simple. Control the ball, run the ball. Yep, Absolutely. It was good, well, well, ran game plan, and good for them, and just a lot of fun. And oh, again, promoting promoting that area that I thought Gate College Game Day. I mean, I thought they were a tourist show at first. They were showing everything about the place, and I mean, I wanted to get in the in, in in the plane and get down down there, enjoy the boardwalk and the, everything that they have to to enjoy down there. So it was good on them, good on them. That's for dang sure. You know what? What sets what this all sets up is. Uh, a rematch of a game that happened earlier and, and it is probably 
the most interesting game that I might want to see this football season. That's going to be on December 19th when Coastal takes on the Raisin Cajuns, right? Because I had to go get myself a Raisin Cajuns sweater because I love the nickname. So the Raisin Cajuns of Louisiana showed up and they got the monkey off the bat. They played an Appalachian State, a, a, a team that has knocked them out of the Sun Belt Championships the last two years in a row. And they don't have to deal with that. They finally got that monkey off the back. What a great win for the Raisin Cajuns. Finally being Appalachian State, say, you know, showing that they belong and just sets up in two weeks from now. It's going to be an early game for us. It's like 9 a.m. That Sun Belt Championship game on December 19th. Woo! I'll have my sweater on. I'll be rooting for both teams. You can't go wrong, but I, I had to do it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and don't you think game day sh- – I mean, I know they were – is it going to be at Coastal Carolina or or? I, I have no idea how that Maybe. all sets up. Where are they playing that? But wouldn't that be great? I would think Coastal Carolina, since they beat Louisiana, right, and the home team would, would have that championship game. Yeah, right? then so, game I mean, day won't – yeah. Then unfortunately, game day won't go back. I mean, you know, they only they they don't they don't double dip. Yeah, no, you're right there. But it's you're 2020. Right. It's COVID. They usually don't double. Dip it's probably and the game that everybody don't want to see. I mean, the first game was 30 to 27. I mean, at the end of fourth. Well, I'm uh, not first saying quarter, they shouldn't. Yeah, I, I I think they should go back uh, there, but they. But I that game was tied at the yeah. end of every quarter. The game was tied. 7-7, Right. Uh, you know, like it just all the way through until the fourth quarter where uh, Coastal had three more points more than them and beat them 30-27. to 27. I mean, it's going to shape up to be another great game. Uh, and for these two programs, it's just, uh, it's just great. And Billy Napier already turned down the South Carolina job, so I just want to piggyback on that because you mentioned the defensive coordinator already committed. Billy Napier already took his hat out of that mix and said no I'm I'm very happy here we've got something good going on we got a winning program the first winning program since since 2014 is that we're getting back to the championship for the first time since 2013 so this is something that I want to stay and stick around so uh good for the fan base there and uh and for his recruiting and everything else so it's exciting Woo! raise your case listen it might it, it may be the highest viewed show it will be in my house my 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 tv set will be on and and maybe we need to do this we maybe we just kind of uh we'll go live and just kind of uh and watch the game you know see see what's going on with that that could uh, be a fun way to do the show for sure just start yelling (laughs) what are you doing so anyway (laughs) anyway let's we're gonna wrap it up soon we got a few more minutes here um, I want to talk about something that happened um, down at Texas at uh, Edinburgh High School. It's obviously it was the headlines were, you know, just buzzing that the second it happened um, with the senior defensive lineman, uh, uh, defensive lineman, Emmanuel Duran, uh, when he came out in the field and after being ejected, uh, came out and rushed the ref and just slammed into him. We've all seen the video. Um, first off, before we get into some of the other things I want to talk about, about that incident, it, it was just truly shocking. And not only that, it, the fact that it was on TV, this is not somebody's handheld phone taking video. Both teams 
know they're on TV. I'm, this is a conversation as coaches. You, you talk about it. You're going to be on TV this week. You're being represented. You know, this is setting up. You, you're going in. This is setting you up for the first, first round of the playoffs. And, and the fact that this happened on, on, on this platform, besides the act, there's so many other things that was just shocking to me. What, what were the first things um, that went through your mind when you saw the video? Well, for me as a coach, um, besides shocking, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just get so frustrated with the whole situation. Number one, as a coach, um, you know, not to speak up about it after the game, which I know we're going to talk about, but more importantly, you know, to the bigger piece, you know, if people don't really pay attention, I mean, there is a huge, huge shortage of referees in the country for every sport, football not being the only one. And for that kind of behavior to be seen on TV, to be done, allowed. And then I, I asked the question many times on social media, we wonder why people don't want to ref games. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be too excited if I was a wife to see my husband get, you know, rammed from the side from some kid on the game. Um, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, your job as a coach is to teach, to, to win, to win with class and to lose with grace. And to have that moment happen on a high school state place, it's, there's just no, there's no room for it. It doesn't, it shouldn't be allowed. Uh, the young man shouldn't have even made it to that to, to the field, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I, they're, you know, again, learning later that he'd had some prior past situations. I would have really pushed a coach to maybe like, you're going to be with him until the end of the game, because we know what kind of things can happen. And so. It's just disappointing from the whole standpoint of the aviation happening. And again, unfortunately, you know, I've said to all the time to kids that I work with, there's a, there's a camera on you at all times, period. Whether it's live TV or not, there's a camera on you at all times, and you will be judged by what you do and what you say. And I just felt like uh, it's just, just a really sad, sad circumstance. And, to, and to, to be quite frank and honest with you, and this year, when there wasn't, when, the, when, ha, when what, what, 25, 35% of the country didn't get to play a football season, and the ones that did, and then that kind of stuff happens, yeah. I just I just shake my head at it. Story? Well, I think that um, a, a, a couple of pieces, and you guys have already brought it up. So, number one, I'm wondering why the player wasn't escorted off the field. And and I guess I'm, I'm wondering, because you, you take the helmet, you're – it's my understanding the protocol with this is that when you get ejected from a game and whatever level with football, they take the helmet and the player is the player must leave the field, must leave the field. So I'm wondering where that fell through the cracks as to why the player was even on the field. And if he escorted off, who, who let him get back through the gate? Well, it happened instantaneously. I mean, the the referee made the call. He wasn't. He I don't back. know that he ever was escorted off the field. I, I think it just happened so fast because if if you look at the video, he just finishes making the call that he's been kicked out of the game, and as he's walking, the player rushes him. So he he. I don't, I don't even think. I think but it the just player it was off within, the field. The player was on the sidelines. From from what I saw, the player was on the sidelines. No one was where was. No coach, no one that looked anybody other than another player was standing next to this, to next to the player that got to Emmanuel. 
that got that got ejected, right? Well, then that means that somewhere along the lines, okay, somebody let it get through. Somebody did not follow through. Somewhere, someone didn't follow through. Don't tell me you don't have enough coaches on the sidelines to handle this. There's no game being played anymore. The, the, the play was, every, everybody was done, right? The game wasn't over, but there weren't any plays happening on the field. You need to handle this until the end. And then, okay, if you need to keep somebody with them, then that should have happened. So from the top down, a lot of things were not handled properly according to protocol that we know needs to happen. So that's number one. Number two, if he's had a past, and whatever that past is, I don't know what it is, not a judgment on the kid. This is a judgment on the program, and this is a judgment on follow-through that when you have young people that really need more help and more assistance to be able to function on a team, you, as, as the head coach, Man, you need to handle it. So maybe there's a loophole that lets the kid keep coming back. My concern is, is he like, is he supposed to be playing somewhere next year? I'm I'm not sure where he's going. He was he supposed is. to play winter ball. I mean, he was supposed to be a a wrestler in the winter. Uh, obviously, that still hasn't be, been determined yet. But we figure that he's not going to be allowed. But obviously, at this point, onto something. His biggest problem right now is that he's brought up on assault charges. He's he's been brought in, and um, and he's eighteen, which means he's eighteen, no longer a child. So this is a whole yeah. This is not this is a whole different ball of wax, and we don't have that information to this point. We know that the ref is doing better. Um, He was uh, evaluated for uh, injuries and concussion. He was able to get up off the the field and uh, taken for medical attention. His daughter had posted that he's doing better and uh, to thank you for all the well wishes and so on and so forth. Um, You know, sticking with the officiating and Scott was alluding to, to that conversation there is it's already so hard to film. We've seen it here, um, here at Washington, Washington officials post things all the time. You can go to that website right now and they're pretty much begging you to please join up, sign up. So we need more officials, so on and so forth. Being a coach is so difficult as it is where you hear from every parent and every fan, oh, do this, coach. Why isn't little Johnny playing and everything else? And then you have the officiating aspect where every call is going to be wrong depending on what side you're looking at. (laughs) And it's in such a difficult situation, and I've seen it at so many different levels, and we've seen this now with an adult, what happened on the field, but we've seen this with kids. I am shocked when I go to a soccer field or any field, and I've got a, a 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kid that's trying to make a couple extra bucks because you know he's going to high school, he wants some, a couple extra dollars, so on the weekends he's officiating, and he's getting reamed at by adults. And I'm just like, there is some, what, what is wrong with you guys? And, and I think we're dealing with that with social media and everything else where everybody is, is very a tough guy behind a keyboard. But I am shocked by the language and maybe I was just too young when I played. I don't remember it being it that way. Well, if you were playing, then you probably didn't hear what was really going on in the stands because I can tell you there were, you know, being a coach's daughter sat through a lot of games, wasn't on the field. 
and heard a lot of things happening in the stands. Um, we targeted at the officials, the players, the coaches, right? And so it, 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 it's not new. It's not new. It's just escalating, unfortunately, right? This, this, what people feel about officials. But the fact that a player, I think it took it to another level. When a player on the field did this to a referee, that takes a whole nother level of, of something has to change. It has to change. And you have to make, you really do have to make the punishment much more severe. Even if assault charges don't get levied, which they should be, that has to be much more severe and have it impact that kid to not even being able to play on the team. Like you, this, this is a absolute deal breaker, dude. You cannot do this deal breaker and be done and be done. They don't get 15 chances. If you give a kid that many tons of chances, right? They should get a couple. But if you have, if you give them 10, they'll take all 10. Scott, we've yeah. got two minutes here. What, what are your thoughts about the fact that uh, the district canceled their playoffs and um, they cannot participate in the playoffs? Obviously, a lot of parents and, um, you, know, some, you know, some of the locals there were upset about it. What, what are your thoughts on canceling the playoffs? I just, well, I think in this situation, in this scenario, I think it's the appropriate action. Um, unfortunately, and in, in, to be quite frank and honest with you, the way the coach reacted without saying anything, I think it even implores it more. Um, maybe that's more specific to that team and to that coach. I, I, I feel bad for the kids. I, I always, you know, but I always say to all the teams that I've ever coached that one guy's actions can affect the rest of you guys. So think about what you do before you do things in the middle of the game. So unfortunate, it's unfortunate, but I think it's the appropriate thing. And to what Dory was saying, it has just escalated. It was, you know, 30, 40 years ago, but it has escalated. And I, don't, I think if you don't put a stamp on it and say, we are not allowing this anymore, then it's going to continue because everybody's going to say, well, they did it last week. So why can't we do it? So I, I think I applaud them for doing it. I know it's hard and you're going to be face a lot of criticism and the, you know, 140 character cowards are going to, you know, rip you, but it's the right thing to do in my opinion. That 30 last 30 seconds, Dory. Um, uh, when we wrap this up, um, Good for, good for the school, good, good for the program, good for the district, good for the officials. Even though the players are not playing, overall, this is a good decision going forward to try to set example for it to never happen again for so many reasons. You, you have to. If, if the punishment for this kind of an egregious action doesn't, is, isn't high and isn't steep, then you do, then you haven't done what you need to do, and that is deal breaker done. End of story. We had a privilege to be able to have a season this year, okay? And this kind of behavior canceled it for everybody. Canceled it for everybody, and I agree. I agree. Sometimes you have that happens. Okay, boys and girls, let's get out of here. Enjoy the Oregon-Washington game. Uh, Jimmy Lake, Go I thank you. I, it just please don't don't screw it up. Is Dory's going to come knocking on your door? Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> See you guys. Thank uh, you. Bye bye. Raise your cages.